Okay. Are, are you the live studio audience here? How about there? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, folks, this is not exclusionary. Feel free to make any comments you want. Nobody will be able to hear you, but... Oh, I can hear Mom. <laughs> pretty, pretty picked up. All right, well, let me just start this off with a bang. Where are we here? Red deer. Hang tight. Oh, that's why I don't have everyone click to mic, mic, mic. Okay, we're good there. And then that is my sound pad, which has been turned down. Oh, yeah. Hello. There's your applause. And that's your segue breaks, and here we go. All the way from Red Deer, Alberta, here we are on the Hello Calgary podcast. I am your host, Prophet Issa, sitting here with uh, a pile of family from all over Alberta. And I hope uh, uh, we can maybe introduce everyone. We'll start with people that we know. Uh, and sitting directly kitty corner to me is Mom. Welcome, welcome, Mom. Nope, sorry. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, doodles. Toodles, doodles. Uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you back for another edition. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, sitting to Mom's right, we have... Um, you can call me the Kijiji lady. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the Kijiji lady. All right, welcome. Welcome. Big, big, they seem to like your name. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, final guest on the mic, though there are many guests who may be coming in and out and announcing their uh, monikers uh, at that time. But to my right, uh, who do we have here? I'm your older brother. <laughs> That's your name? Ted. My older brother? <laughs> my older brother, Ted. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay, no, I just wanted to make sure, you can go by anything you want, obviously, like, I've just added an addendum, or, like, a prefix to my name, you could be, like, what are you? I'm the prophet Esau. Well, if I'm your older brother, I guess I'm God. <laughs> so, are, are we going with that? <laughs> Would you like this to become I'll, extremely I'll, sacrilegious I'll, I'll, I'll be, in front of your okay, mom, who I'll might be take the, offense? I'll be the godfather, then. Oh, oh gee. Owen. Oh, my God, oh. And uh, oh Mozzie, the master barker, was just let loose by. I, I can't remember what a tracker kid, tracker kid, and his uh, fantastic dog keeping skills. Okay, I'll be Godfather. Okay, we have the Godfather to my right. Yeah, that seems to uh, got the crowd going. They like that one, all right. And uh, for today's topic, I, it was pretty open. I didn't really uh, have a plan until just now, <laughs> which is revealing itself as we speak on my phone. Um, I did think a little bit about when we get you on here, Kijiji lady, because uh, I wanted to have a discussion with Kijiji lady <laughs> um, from Edmonton, yes. north, north Texas. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about what kind of treasures are we all sitting on? And why are we all, and why are you uh, discovering these treasures for us? I guess is the, my initial question here. Um, and then we can talk about commercialism at its finest or other things. But before we get into any of the hard questions, those are the hard questions. And when we have new guests on the show, I like to have um, some intro questions to kind of introduce you to our uh, vast audience of listeners. <laughs> vast audience. That's right. That's right. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, here we go. There's now six questions to get to know you. And when we have multiple new members to the show, uh, we like to have a back and forth. We kind of felt like when we did it the first time, I had multiple members. 
of my crew. And as I was telling one person all the questions, the other one was getting anxious. Like, oh man, how am I going to beat his responses? So we're going to go back and forth just so we can get a sense of who you are and uh, what you have to say. Because as the motto to this show suggests, it's about freedom of voice. Okay. And uh, just getting your chance to speak your mind. So question number one. Uh, who would like to start? We'll, we'll snake it. We'll snake it back and forth. Ladies first. Ladies first. You got it. Uh, if that's what she identifies with. <laughs> Absolutely. That is in my name. Hello, humans, and welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. Freedom of voice. Question number one. What do you aspire to have on your epitaph after it is all said and done? Yikes. Um, she helped people. All right. Sorry, did you say something there, uh, Mom? I said, oh, lovely. Oh, <laughs> No, gotcha. I said, oh, lovely. Sorry, the crew didn't actually position your mic in the appropriate spot, and we didn't really pull all of Because I'm eating uh, popcorn. I just don't know. No one needs to Oh, we like to hear it. the crunch. The crunch. No, no, that's all part of the ambience. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh... Uh, question, same question to you there, uh, Godfather. What do you aspire to have on your epitaph after it is all said and done? He believed in love. Ooh, also good. Right, and also uh, having a few issues with Mike's here. There we go, a little bit closer. Okay. More on the ball. Sorry, could you uh, state that one more time for the show? He believed in love. All right. Straight to the point. You want to elaborate on either of those? I Question. Can, no, we're good. I know I can. Oh yeah, rate. yeah. I'd love I, to hear why. Why think, that? Of all I things, think <laughs> it's it's really a hard thing to do. I think it's a hard thing to love, absolutely everybody in every situation. More often than not, you find, um, you find, the emotions of the moment cloud your mind to, to just loving your brother or sister, on this earth. And if you can aspire to always focus on try to spreading love as your goal in each day, you will actually do more often better things than worse things. Hmm. Question number two. Unless... Uh, and I think that helping people is a way to show your love for Absolutely. Them. Amen. So you guys are kind of bonded together by your epitaphs. Absolutely. Yes. Through love. <laughs> and help. Well, you see the, the <laughs> people you do help. I mean, they're so grateful for getting that garbage out of their house, right? I mean, it's not garbage, but I call it garbage. But getting the things that are, are cluttering up their lives and making them upset, it's out of their house. And going on to someone else, it's making them happy. So you're making people happy and spreading love on both sides. And to supply maybe a bit of context to that, um, a Kijiji woman helps people through Kijiji, assumedly, yes. um, <laughs> clear yes. out all their uh, treasures. Yes. And junk. Yes. yes. I help They're people, unwanted items. I help people clear out their houses and I sell their un unwanted items for them. And is there a big demand for that? Is there, there is a huge demand for that. Hmm. I, at least two or three times a week, I have people calling me saying, please come help me, come sell my stuff. And right currently I'm selling stuff for 50 people. And I always, I could, I could have five of me yeah. and still not be enough. All right. Well, that leads into question two then, which is, who were you? Who are you now? And who are you going to be? 
I just like to keep the questions simple. You know what I mean? <laughs> just stuff off the cuff. Uh, that one goes over to the Godfather to start us off. I was the angry person. I'm today still an angry person, but with better control. And I aspire or hope to become a not an angry person. <laughs> not a happy person? No, not, not angry. Not angry. Doesn't matter what emotion replaces it. Doesn't matter what replaces it. It's 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 been the bane of my existence. <laughs> it's 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 caused me more trouble. My anger's caused me more trouble than any other emotion in my life. That's fair. And and it's led me to make rash decisions when I I tend to pride myself on thinking things through and being more logical. As soon as I get angry, rationality is out the window and it doesn't matter to me. I'll scorch earth it. And it's less and less. I don't do it like I did when I was younger, but it still happens from time to time. All right. Uh, Kijiji woman. <coughs> Kijiji lady. Kijiji lady. lady. Kijiji lady. Kijiji lady. It's a very different My to Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't mean to uh, change your name on you there. Kijiji woman just had a ring to it. Like American woman. Uh, who were you? Who are you now, and who are you going to be? That is such a tricky question. I have no idea. I suppose I was a scientist, and who am I now? Now I am a professional organizer, and who do I aspire to be? I aspire to be someone that people want to be around, someone that people want to spend time with, someone that people love. Done. <laughs> You're already there. <laughs> that worked out really well, actually. Nothing more to do. That was one successful life she's lived, because yes, to all of those things, I'm sitting right beside you, and I like your company. What were the things you wanted? Um, be someone that people want to spend time with. Yep. And Done. Be with and love. I love you. I love you too. I haven't solved the anger. So. <laughs> Take that now, friends. <laughs> the Kijiji lady has peaked. peaked. <laughs> what I think is interesting is that you were your job or your education. Then you were or you are your job. But your future has nothing to do with either of those. And it's all about friendships and relationships and yeah. other things. That's yeah. true. That is true. Yes. Is that like uh, maturity coming through? Is that like... I think so, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At mm -hmm. one time it was all about what we're doing and... Mm -hmm. How you define yourself, yes. That's a generational thing though, yeah, right? I, so. I mean, our parents lived in their job, started in their job and they stayed in their job their whole life. Our, our generation maybe moved a little bit more. Oh, sorry, the generation after that was a little bit more. Our generation maybe moved from one job to another, but it often stayed in the same area. The, the millennials now, I mean, they move jobs every five years and they could be completely different fields. Yeah, yep. but the, the point that you made about ultimately looking towards relationships as being like the focus in the end, I think a lot of people, career movement aside, forget that. That's a huge gap for a lot of people that they haven't fostered those relationships Absolutely. in their life. And but I think also career is not what it used to be. There, That's there, what I'm trying to say. There was a mentality before where it was like, what are you going to do with your life? And we would all be like, oh, I'll be a dentist or I'll be, you know, some of the jobs I've seen in my life. And now that doesn't exist. You had to have a name for your job. And you that, 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 that's yeah, what fair. defines you, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. that's what I'm saying is now it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't define who you are, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. 
Truth. Question number three. Uh, is Calgary the best hometown you know? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you'd like to elaborate on that? I, I was born in Edmonton. My parents were born in Edmonton. My grandmother was born in Edmonton. Actually, my grandfather was born just outside of Edmonton. So I'm pretty much an Edmonton person, and I can't really imagine living anywhere else. All right, so let me just rephrase that, I guess, for our Edmonton listeners and fans. Because <laughs> there's so many of them, I'm hometowners. sure. Hometowners. Right? <laughs> uh, is Edmonton the greatest hometown you know? Well, for me it is, yes. Is it the only hometown you know? It's the only hometown I know. Like, did, wasn't there a period of time you lived in another town or city? No, never. Long enough that you would consider it a home? No? Nothing? No, never. No, okay. no. No, I've always okay. lived in Edmonton. No. My family moved away for a little while, but I right. always stayed in Edmonton. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, same question. Is Calgary the best hometown you know? Because I know So it it's was. kind of funny. <laughs> Obviously, I, I live in Edmonton now. Um, born, uh, not born in Calgary, raised in Calgary. And I had, when I was younger, I had n- never had any thought about living anywhere else other than Calgary. Loved it. Um, now I've spent more of my life in Edmonton. Um, I actually have come to love what Edmonton is. It's what it makes you realize is um, what I, I love is actually Alberta. Um, it doesn't matter really where you are in Alberta. Alberta is still the best province in the country, and uh, and always will be the best province in the country. That so, I would agree with. Yeah. Why? Why? What do you mean best? <laughs> it means what, that you know they what are from is? here and they yeah. know what they're talking about. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? No, you know what I mean by so that. So different areas have so many different things to offer. Go back to Russia, Kami. But no, you know what it is? Um, I've seen, I, we, we have, uh, obviously we're going to have some good and we're going to have some bad. There's no, there's no such thing as everyone's all perfect and everything's fantastic. But I saw during the, the fires in Fort McMurray, Redneck Alberta come out and literally uh, accepting anybody into the homes because there was refugees coming out of Fort McMurray that lost their homes, putting up. People driving into the fire to basically bring food and water and haul people out. Um, the floods down here on the south side of mm-hmm. the province, same thing, people pitching in, didn't matter, creed, race, they put aside all their differences and any discrimination that they might have had at that moment because people need savings. That, that just tells me the character of Albertans and, and it's why I love, I love this province. And anyone says anything bad about it, they're going to have to answer to me. Okay, but what you said was it's the best. So if that's your definition, so that community, that coming together, yeah. I would say just looking at it rationally. If you go to the Maritimes, you're probably going to find much tighter communities and much more cohesion, people helping each other. So if that's the metric that you're measuring and saying but this is what makes the best. That's the first. That's the, the thing same. that makes it the most. Yeah. Then we have the business side of it. We understand that there are people have to earn a living. We provide jobs for people. We encourage. We encourage innovation. We everyone thinks, oh, we're just a bunch of half ass ass backwards people that don't believe in climate change. Well, how come we're building the largest? We're that we're the like largest, hard right. Yeah. That we are like defined we're by building our the, conservative values and everything else. That we're a bunch of redneck hicks. And we're building right now the largest solar farm in all of North America. So, yeah. and we're... Because there's money to be made. It's not because we care so much about the environment. That's not why. It, 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 to Come a certain on. degree it is. Who's making it? Oil companies are making it. Why? Money. And the, Money to talks. a certain degree. There's absolutely. Truth. Absolutely. But there's also an understanding that 
they can't we can't continue down that path we have to move with where yeah, where the world's profitable moving. absolutely but at the same time it's it's we, we've seen climate change firsthand this year I mean, the amount of rain that we've had, the fires that have been happening in BC and now in Newfoundland, I mean, and it's been happening in California for how long? I mean, it, climate change is a real thing and it, you can deny it all you want. It's not a question, it, the question is how important is climate change and maybe people have an argument there. Or but, how, how tied into it, like we humans are. Yeah. I right? mean, what is our actual effect? You can argue that, Who's I actually think. having the biggest effect? And like, how much impact you can have on changing. If we recycle everything right here in Red Deer, let's take the town of Red Deer, and we take all the recycling and then compare that to maybe what the amount of pollution and garbage and everything that's being burnt in, you know, the same Beijing. square, <laughs> I was going to say the same square footage of a place in China, I'd say, like, because of our standards and population and everything else, it doesn't even matter what we do. We could take all that garbage, all that recycling and light it on fire and we'd be doing nothing compared to what other areas are in actually affecting real change. And according to climate change theory, that that's the truth of it, is that we could do whatever we want here, we're not gonna actually change anything. And that's that's the thing that I don't believe. I, I think we could we can make changes. I think climate theory, change, uh, climate theory is actually incorrect. Almost every theory that extrapolates beyond the next year is almost always wrong. It, it, it gets something wrong. So can we make changes? Sure. And we should make changes. And the best way to make changes? Make it profitable. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. I can see the vein growing on the side of your head there, Deb. Are you all right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just checking. No, I just didn't want to have a blowout. No, there's no blowout. I just, <laughs> on the side of your head, just like a kaboom. Boom, blood. Boom, boom, boom. Not boom. even close. But it is a very destructive perspective to say nothing. If, if, if my piece of, the, of this effort is so minimal compared to what's being done somewhere else, so I won't even bother. That's that's destructive. I agree with you on that too. So that's the main reason to go along with it. That make a big. It's a good example. That's right. It's a great example. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. If if we don't make changes, China will never make changes. Yeah. If every country in the world makes changes, China's going to have to keep up because they can't do business with these countries that have already made changes. Right. And it's the sum of like multiple single voices. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to remind our audience over here. I mean, my family. I mean, mom and everybody. Bonnie. If you have something Yo, to say, you don't, you don't want to use real names, Feel right? free to speak and we'll give you a mic and like, just so you know. I know this suddenly becomes this four-person like dominating <laughs> conversation, but you can talk. Just so you know. Just, yeah. No, if, if you're happy just watching, feel free to do that too. I just, uh, I sometimes feel bad when I've only got four mics. Yeah. That's uh, that's the, the you know situation we're in. I'm not in my uh, backyard studio where I can add it. Anyway, I'm not going to get into all the details. It's pretty amazing back there. <laughs> all the renovations we did. Question number four. If the world is broken, how do we fix it? Love. All right, pal. All we need is love. First, the Beatles were right. A single yeah. word answer, and it's love. Probably the right one. So think about go. think about if you if you're walking down the street and you see somebody smile smiles at you, it makes you happy. You you go on you smile you may smile and three people may see you smile and then they smile and then they it carries on. Same thing if somebody's walking down the street sw- shouting and swearing and acting crazy well and insulting people and then makes you feel bad and then puts you in a bad mood and then it just spreads out like that. 
And who says the world is broken? <laughs> oh, I just did. I just said the world. If, I said if the world is broken. Oh, and if. Not necessarily. Yeah, if. I said I, I, if. If the world is broken. Seems to be doing pretty good. I actually, I actually believe the world is broken. broken. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of things wrong with this world. But there's always something wrong with the world. I mean, it's always broken. It's, a, it's, it's, our, it's our responsibility to try and fix the small things that we can fix. Um, and that's, like you said, spread love. If someone needs help, help them, right? Just all the little things you can do in your life, um, all the small things you can do in your life, it's, it, it's getting rid of the cynicism that you have about another person's plight or their situation. 100%. Um, at the same time, it's also about, it, it's, I feel one of the biggest, one of the biggest problems with our world is that there's a constant one-upmanship. A need to actually, what they used to say, keeping up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. A need to have to say, okay, my house is this big, but my friend down the street has a bigger house. So I, that means I got to have a bigger, I do the same job, so I should have the same high, size house. Um, even though you don't have, need that extra room, but you feel you need to jump into there. That car, based upon the job, everyone drives that type of car. I, I think that that mentality has actually caused so much trouble for so many people. Um, and next thing you know, they got financial problems, which leads to the relationship breaks down. And then once you have relationship breakdown, you have breakdown of, of, of your, uh, potentially a family, um, kids uh, disrupted in their development, and it just causes problems. So I think, I think the thing is just try to help anybody that needs help along the way, any little thing you can do. I think the other thing you do is we educate our public. I think the problems they're having down in the United States is we have one of the dumbest populations of all time um, right ignorant, now. Ignorant. ignorant. Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't say dumb. Ignorant people, um, and it's it stems from the fact that it costs too much to it costs for too much for people in the United States to go and get an education. Um, on another podcast, we were just that Charlene, uh, sorry, Kijiji lady. Uh, listens to and we got can me. also use first names if you're comfortable <laughs> with that too. I got into yeah. and she told she let me listen to it, and some of the issues these people have with regards to their finances and how they spend their money and how they live their life and their it, they they just don't people are so worried about their finances but they do so many uh, ridiculous things and it's because we're just not educated enough. But are, is there expectations out of life like is that the lack of education that they don't realize that you can't have the middle-class life that you've been promised but I think the part of the problem is is that um, because of media and social media and uh, everybody can see the way everybody else lives so whereas in the past like the far past peasants there was there was lots of peasants and one king. Well, the peasants didn't really see how well the king lived. Like like oh well, there's the king. I guess he's got it good. But now we can turn yeah. on the TV or turn on our phone and see oh look this person's driving a Mercedes and he's got this crappy job or whatever. Why can't I have a better job? Why can't I have a Mercedes too? So we can, everybody can see everybody else, and so that affects their expectations and they think. Well, I can have that too. Why can't I have that too? But why can't they have that too? Because, because it's all an illusion. Like, yeah. perhaps, perhaps this person is driving a Mercedes because they won it in a contest, or because they they're three hundred thousand dollars in debt, or their mother gave it to them, or it you could never, be a company car. It could be a company car. You never know. Like, you don't know the backstory of it. 
You're right. What about expectation, though? What should I be allowed to expect? Like, there was the American dream, where it was like, I want my lawn, I want my family, I want my house, separate, like, unattached. Um, I want my car, I want my, all these things. But you don't also have to have a boat. Yes. So that's where it stops is as soon as you, where's your line, right? If if you go to, like, uh, somewhere in Europe, the expectation is, like, I'll have a small flat, way smaller than something here in North America. I'll have a lot, I'll live on a lot less. It's um, called contentment with what you have. There's exactly. no contentment with what you have. That's it's it. always striving. I right. have to have more, 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 more. You, there's no, I'm happy with what I have. Right. There's, there's so many people that they have all the, all the luck in the world, so to speak. They've got great jobs. They've got a great, they got a great family. Um, they've been lucky enough to not have any of their kids be sick. Um, big house, great car, and they're miserable. And it's because they're constantly thinking, well, I, I, there's something else I want. There's something yeah. else I need. Yeah. Instead of being just thankful for what you've got, right? I mean, you, you don't have to have, you know, all the money in the world. You don't have to have all the fame in the world to be satisfied with, with your lot. I mean, and right you, And now, you also don't have to have brand new things all the time, which leads back to my specialty, where it, it just... <laughs> Buy, you can buy used things. You can yep. use. You can wear the same pair of pants for ten years, and it's not going to be a big deal. And if somebody does notice, oh, I've seen you wear that shirt before. You wore that shirt the last time I saw you. Who cares? Like, what difference does it make to me that you notice? Is anybody actually noticing what you're wearing, or are you imagining that they notice what you're wearing? Yeah, but it's always been that way. There's always been fashion changes. If you're still wearing bell bottoms in the '80s. Be like, why? What happened to you? But and you're you know like, what? Oh, it got handed down, right? But it's because of the attitude. And that was okay that, back then. And it's changing the attitude of the perception where people give into that peer pressure or that media pressure saying that you have to live. Take a look at Scotiabank commercials. You're richer than you think. You're, oh, in other it. words, what it means is what or you have right comments. now, yeah. what you have right now is not enough. You're, and constantly, you are never going to have enough because you're richer than you think. You, you've got to keep going, you've got to keep getting more and more and more. Is instead of saying, instead of saying, you know what, you're doing mm. pretty damn good. I thought it was more like, we're going to manage your money and we're going to do such a good job, you're richer than you think. No, it's That's what you I thought more money was kind than of you think you can get more stuff than you think you can. Let yeah. us show you how. Yeah. You just need to exactly. borrow a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's funny that in all this conversation, like it's funny that you talk about education as being a way to lessen that. When I hear about education it's about understanding that there's other ways of living life there's other cultures there's other places to see and it's kind of its own endemic sickness if you want to keep up with the kardashians or whomever and buy stuff you will eventually realize it brings no happiness there's a hollowness to it and it's kind of like it's kind of like a disease it just has to run its course like it's inevitably going to end the same time same way every time stuff Mm -hmm. will never make you feel fulfilled yes but at, when it goes back to your stuff, at the end of life, those connections, those relationships, those understandings, there's like a whole world out there to explore. There's all these different foods to eat. There's all these different ways of looking at the world. There's all these different ways of dressing. There's all these different ways of communicating with people. That education is to take yeah, you out of your tiny little minuscule version of understanding what your life is and seeing that there's one million possibilities. But That's what if in my, my life I like playing video games, say? And I'm all down with getting the new PS6, right? Does that make my life less? No. Like, no, it doesn't. As long what as what if I pour all my money into it and I spend my time in my basement? 
that's fine as long as you don't say, oh, you don't have a PS, you only have a PS4, boy, you're lousy. Or you get the PS, PS6 and you go, when's the PS7 coming out? I'm not happy with this PS6. I can't Mac wait. I can't. Apple syndrome. You constantly yeah. need the next thing. I can't wait for the next I've, thing. I've got a friend. He has. He gets the newest iPhone every time it comes out. There's nothing wrong with his current phone, but he wants to have the newest one. Yeah, but all is the he time. getting that? The same as my no, brother-in-law, no. who used to go out and get his serotonin fix, buying like nice shirts for work. I, I agreed. He he loves to have the best phone, and fair enough. You know what? If that's your one joy in life, by all means. Um, as long as you're not adding on, okay, well, I need the newest phone and I need the newest watch. Living oh, beyond your means. And I need mm -hmm. yes. to constantly change my car. Yeah. And, and not even, say you have the money. It's, it, it just brings, it's such a hollow existence in, in the sense of, of you're never actually living your life. You're living for a purchase that you've made in the past. You're yeah, never but, actually but living for like the future. And it makes your life feel good. You're never Who, living uh, you're Ooh. never getting any. Oh, they're living for the more. future. PS7 is coming. Yeah, but smoking crack probably makes you feel good too in the moment. Yeah. Doesn't mean that so long term heard. it's going to bring. Don't look at me like that. Bring, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, to say something brings a sense of pleasure doesn't mean that necessarily, ultimately, that's going to fulfill you. Well, you might have a moment. Do of you pleasure. like a glass of wine from time to time? Yes, but what I like is. How about one every night? Well, let's not get dangerous with this conversation. <laughs> when I was in Ireland, every night. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. And it was actually part of the experience and the culture and everything else. But you else. weren't sitting in a dark room by yourself. But exactly. You were with human beings enjoying the So it is the, the relationships that you think are like missing. And it's the, it's the judging of other people too. And that, yes. in that situation, yeah, you're having a glass of wine. But the purpose of getting together was not to have the glass of wine. The pur purpose was to spend time with each other and talk. Wine yeah. was just to yeah. allow conducive, increases the conduction of the interaction. Just like dinner, why do we have meetings over food? It's because when you share food, it allows for interaction and it lessens the awkwardness of sitting in a sterile room trying to find something to talk about. At the same time, my sons would argue that their friends exist on that online world and when they are playing video games, they're actually connecting with friends more than they normally would true that's true so then it's this whole digital identity this whole level of communication that we've opened up has changed the very nature of relationship yes that i think like sometimes those things are being fulfilled in ways that we just don't recognize maybe that's that's the way it is with our oldest son too he is his friends are almost all digital yep but he does get together when he gets a chance when he like yes. this this time he was visiting yeah he made time for every one of them almost yeah right so it, I, I still think that personal uh, interaction can't be replicated. it can't be replicated exactly mm -hmm. and, and you can say you have relationships online heck I played video games and I had relationships online when I got tired of the game I dropped all them. I didn't even reply, tell them I was quitting. I just quit the game and I was out of there. Yep. I'm sure they were saying Ted or whatever my name was on the game. Where are you? What are you doing? You know, like, where are you? Why aren't you Free doing this? Your whole, your whole, you? your whole um, city is being destroyed. I didn't reply because I, I deleted everything. Why? Because I didn't want to have to deal with that shit. Well, and I think two years, three years of pandemic has answered the question. Do people need social contact? We have we have hospitals full of sad teenagers Absolutely. whose whole development has been actually quite harmed yes. by just taking away 
in-person contact. Mm-hmm. And it's even the young kids, kids. Yeah. the oh, young yeah. kids that didn't get the, the when they were um, one years old, two years old, going to the daycares and the yeah. and the play dates together and yeah. going to the park together and just interacting with other yeah. kids. They missed out on all that. And now they're coming into kindergarten and they're don't know how they don't know how to come close to each other because they've been told the whole time don't go too close totally and and, (laughs) and there's and there's developmental lag and you hope that those kind of things are like oh you're behind on the things you need to learn as a human like maybe that's a lag but the deep sense of despair that so many people felt um especially teenagers you're like well they're pretty good experiment i guess we figured that out (laughs) yes you need human contact i've actually heard it was was on the extremes so you had the the really young, the, like you said, the teenagers that were going through already a hard time in their life. Like, yeah. like they're trying to figure things out. And let's face it, their friends at that age, you remember when you were young, your friends were like everything, everything to you, yeah. right? But even the older groups um, that that were like not, not like extreme senior, but 50 to 70 that still had active um, social life, they wanted yeah. to travel, they just retired, they got disrupted. And a lot of them are having real troubles with mental health issues. Well, and also, when you come into that retirement phase, if you don't lay down some structure for social identity, like, it can go pretty quickly. We were visiting my family just recently, and my parents are in their 70s, and their friends are in their 70s. And actually, in my mind, 70s is an old person. But they're not. No one seemed old. They were having a great time. They're out every night, having drinks with friends, golfing. They were active all the time, but they had this constant human stimulus to keep them still developing, engaged. It also might be that as we get older, (laughs) what used to seem really old, we're getting closer to it, you know? (laughs) The bar keeps moving a little bit. Sadly, being the older brother, I'm a little closer than you guys are. (laughs) Darn right, and you always will be. I was like, 70 years young, here we come. But it, it's quite mind-opening, and then I think of, but I think of other people who maybe did choose to sit in their basement and not engage, or what, like seventy can be very old. And but you got to keep your mind engaged at all stages of your life. It doesn't matter if you're a young person and, and you sit in the basement. But well, how many you always hear the story of the person who graduates high school? They don't go on to any form of secondary education. They're they're the kid that sits in the basement playing video games all day long. And they stagnate. They totally. stagnate and don't yeah. go any further. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're 25 years old or 70 years old. Your brain gets worse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Apathy is a funny... It's a terrible thing. Yeah. Question five. <laughs> oh, my God. Just to end it all out here. This is the end of a... Well, there's actually six questions. I thought there were six questions. There's six questions, but <laughs> this is the last. This, this, this is the main five. This is the main five. Maybe just don't answer as long. Question six got added in. Oh, I this is all within two minutes, by the way. Stopped. This is all supposed oh, yes. to be done within. But I gave you four minutes because there's two of you, and well, we're sitting in at three guys. minutes and ten seconds so far. So we're doing okay. really well. Uh, question number five: What's the most important thing to remember? That's you first this I, time. I I think the most important thing to remember is your there are going to be times when you are angry and there's going to be times when you think that you are done with with dealing with a situation and you want to just blow it all up Um, the important thing is to always remember there are certain people that you always have to maintain connection with no matter what 
you may be, as mom used to always say to us, if you ever do drugs, I'll kill you, but you better tell me if you're addicted because I'm going to help you. But I will kill you. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, I, I, always, I tell this story all the time because it speaks to, you could be so mad at a person. You could be so mad at a person. But there are certain people in your life that are always going to be there no matter what. They're, they're sometimes friends, they're family. Um, like I've, I, I, we have four kids, um, uh, Keith, EG Lady and I. I don't know how to say that without laughing. Um, She's trying um, to maintain their anonymity yeah. here. That's and all. those four kids, I, I've said, one of them could become a mass murderer. It wouldn't change the fact that I love them. I would condemn the action and the situation, but they're still my kids, and it doesn't matter what, what they've done. I still, you always have to love them. And... Uh, they just got to get on at some point and get me some grandchildren because I need some friends. Everyone keeps leaving. <laughs> You're oh, up. What was the question again? Uh, the question was, what's the most important thing to remember? Oh, the most important thing to remember. Um, I would say drink your water. Get your sleep. Yeah. If you're in a bad mood, have a shower. Oh. And read lots of books. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Sorry. Did you have something to add to there? Your phone password. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm always keys, wallet, phone. Keys, wallet, phone, yeah. yes. I was thinking, I was just thinking back to your question about which is the best hometown. I really dislike that word best. I think yeah. that best Great. is... Bestest. Best is a word that... It's divisive in this. Yes, part. nobody should say. Nothing is the best. This right. is my favorite. Okay, it's well, let me favorite. give you an example when it's more appropriate. The Flames are the best team. The Oilers... Maybe at that moment. moment. Just in second. See, at that moment. See, even the dog disagrees the with like you. Not, She's like barking over you. I told you that's divisive. Like, <laughs> but, no. It's yeah. the very nature of our relationship you, you is might being be, divisive. You might be best in no. the moment, but that doesn't mean you're going to be best on the on the next. Uh, and and ne just because this is the best for me doesn't mean it's you the best like for Edmonton you. You fan suddenly. They're my number two team. <laughs> but the best is Calgary. And right. my best, favorite team is... The best, is the best restaurant, the best cake, the best... Clothing store. Ooh. There's no yeah, such best thing. Best cake is ice cream except, cake. Except for ice, no, ice cream. I know, I know you, we've had this argument be before. No such thing. No such thing as best. best. Best is a word that I try never to say. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It is, it, it's a good point, uh, Kijiji lady. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the best name? No. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. And it just kind of flows right into the conversation. Lastly, what should we sit down and talk about? Sometime, not today, because today Donald we Trump. obviously no, already no, have no. a plan. <laughs> but I like to build towards the future. Um, my kid would like to ask, who's my favorite kid? Hmm. Uh, in a future episode, we can discuss. We can discuss favoritism. I believe in favorites. I believe in favorite kids. See? Favorite pets? Well, Absolutely. one off the list right there. <laughs> Poor you. Made that so what was the question? What do um, we want to talk about? What should we talk about? Obviously not today because we have a plan, but I like to build towards the future. What should we talk about? And maybe we will talk about it if it's that awesome what you bring up. But I, I do like talking about world events. Yeah? <laughs> um, if it's not, not with Kijiji Lady, I like talking about <laughs> sports, hockey, or baseball, but I know you hate baseball. 
even though the St. Louis Cardinals are the greatest team in the world, and when they lose, the whole world has gone to shit. So I definitely am uh, looking uh, with BOC from Calgary, yeah. uh, doing a little sports uh, chat on all things sports because we already do so I figure at some point we should probably record us blathering on about this uh, and, and, and why what's with our addiction why is it that this is such a big part watching other people play a game mm-hmm. and it just like dominates my mind like 50% of the day you're trained it from a young age but that's another absolutely another I didn't is that healthy should okay, I continue so this so funny this quick segue but someone who did not grow up watching sports and kind of very irritating hearing people talk about them all the time because I was like oh it's mind numbing maybe not maybe not irritating but like I, I have nothing to hang my hat on in this conversation you're just saying things at me because you find it interesting but then when we did the um the fantasy the leagues yeah and I did one at work as well I'm like oh I get it it's like a soap opera it's like a soap opera for dudes because you follow these personalities. Mm, and totally. like basketball yes. is very like that because yes. basketball's got a smaller team, so like Wrestling. Their, their personalities come out and maybe not a soap opera in the terms of the storyline, but like you follow the people, not just the game, like how they're playing and what things affect them and like Or how the pieces come. add to your team totally. or like yeah, yeah, yeah. See I think that, that follows in in hockey and basketball, but I don't think that's as much in baseball. Yeah, because baseball is super Baseball is all about, it's such a different analytical game. I love baseball. That said, you did talk to me about Pujols, most unfortunate baseball name. Albert Pujols, greatest hitter of all time. Pujols. My hero. When it it's comes almost to as bad as Dick Butkus. Well, good for him that he had someone in his P-U-J-O-L-S. life. P-U-J-O-L-S. Pujols. He's, uh, he's um, I believe, from Dominican Republic. Yeah. Is he from Dom? Or is he Venezuela? I can't remember. He's he's uh, from a, a Latino country anyway, so shouldn't make fun of them. But old, Puyo? 42. Puyo? 42. And in the second half of this season, he's had some of the best stats, hitting stats. Against left-handers. Against but left-handers. apparently against right-handers, he can't hit squat. He has trouble with the righties That's now. That's weird. Yeah. That's just a strange anomaly. See, it's happening again. Sorry. It's happening. No, no sports right so now. So obviously down the line, we will talk sports, yeah. but not today. Um, Kijiji, lady, uh, was there anything in the future you'd like to talk about? Well, I'm always up to talk about books. Okay, books, yeah, absolutely. And I think I'd be, be joined by uh, Mom because you still read prolifically mm-hmm. and uh, would have a lot to input on that, as you do in today's topic, a discussion with Kijiji Lady from Edmonton on her business, from knitting needles to Americana Doc Martens, she sells it all. What kind of treasures are we all sitting on and why are you doing it for us? Is this commercialism at its finest or worse? Lastly, are you considering getting a mixie? It's like a haircut? Yeah, that was a haircut that my hairdresser was trying to convince me I needed to get. And I luckily <laughs> talked him out of it. So. Gotcha. I said we're joined by mom to flesh out uh, Kijiji's lady's true perspective and to discuss thrifting with two of the best. There we go. Oh, Excellent. Yeah, so like, you know, I didn't want to burn all our time together today. We're sitting at 15 minutes to the hour, and I thought we'd try and keep this as a tight one-hour episode. Uh, But 15 minutes here to talk about thrifting and uh, kind of your biz and reusing things. I'm going to get it started because I I think living in Cowtown, there's so much waste, so many rich people from getting all these oil families. that They just buy, buy, buy so much stuff, and then they give it all away. And yes. that's, I, I got to say, Calgary is like a great place to thrift. Yes. I think, I think that we could stop making coffee mugs and clothes for the next 
30 years and glasses and plates and we would still never run out. There's so many, so much of all that stuff in the world, especially in Canada, that it's just ridiculous how much clothes and kitchenware and stuff there is out there. So my, my job is I help people clean out their houses and I sell their stuff for them and I never take clothes because I think there's just too many of them out there and they just sell for, you know, pennies on the dollar kind of thing. And they're too hard to sell. And they're too, too hard to sell and yeah, I just am not interested. Same thing as mugs and glasses and plates and stuff. It's just, they're everywhere. Leave it to Value Village. Leave it to Value Village or yeah, they're just super cheap. You can get them for super cheap. So I just hmm. am not interested in that kind of thing. But I have uh, gotten two clients this year with uh, lots and lots of crafting supplies. I've sold more than $12,000 worth of yarn and knitting needles this year, which is a ridiculous is amount absurd. of yarn. Yeah, we got yeah, a lot of that, yarn that and stuff in the too, house. Like, that's two individuals. Like, that that's two people. That's an obsession of like, how much you can accumulate Yes. in terms of, maybe not an addiction, but... A, uh, in one of the ladies, it was definitely an addiction. She definitely had some some hoarding issues. And the other lady, maybe things just got a little bit out of control for her. She had a business. Though. She had a business. She was uh, she was making afghans for Etsy. And then she just, it, I think, yeah, things just sort of got out of control for her. And she realized, I need to scale back a little bit. Sure. And so I'm helping her out. But yeah, thrifting is definitely, it's, it's definitely a way to be more of an individual like you're not gonna probably find what everybody else is wearing going to goodwill or to valley village or other um thrift stores like we we go to thrift stores all the time there's one in edmonton called blenders where it's paid by the pound so you go and you can just pick up whatever you want you get a whole outfit for six dollars kind of thing and it's fantastic and they also sell um um, you can make kits, like they have kits where you can make um, weave rugs. So they use use all the the fabric, even stuff that's stained or ripped or oh, whatever. They do rugs as well. that's yeah, cool. yeah, they do rugs. They sell kits to make like a little fabric footstool, and it's all stuff. The stuffing of the footstool is yeah. all the old shirts and stuff that are too stained for anybody to actually wear. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. And, and I have to say, and this kind of like, it's a bit hypocritical given our early conversation when talking about like, you know, that constant need to accumulate. Um, I get a huge joy in terms of an aesthetic change in the house, like a new yes. rug or pillows that will change the color of the, like I, I enjoy the aesthetics of my home. Me too. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> You've been very helpful. But what I very much enjoy is if I get this brand new rug and it totally changes the room and it's fat, but it costs me thirty dollars because I found it at a dump site, it would not bring me joy at five thousand dollars. It wouldn't bring me joy at all. It would be the sense of guilt and heaviness of like, why did I take all this time to work and make money and then trade it all for a thing? So yes. I still enjoy like it's still because I like the aesthetic or I, I like getting a new top. But for three dollars, I really enjoy it. For fifty dollars, I'm yes. like, oh, that was. No, I traded how much of my time to get a thing. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's one side of it. It is the joy, a little bit of change and accumulation, and having stuff, but without the financial burden. There's a thrill of a of a, a bargain. Like there's yes. certainly something yes. built in there. Yes. But the other side is getting stuff out, yes. and like you guys 
I would argue the other members of our household maybe don't understand this, but the psychological heaviness of being surrounded by stuff all the time, I actually find it hard. I find it yes. sometimes hard to even be in the house. Yes. Just because we're moving stuff from one place to another and we accumulate and put more stuff and put stuff on top of stuff. And I, I No, I get that. I find it stressful. And then when you move the stuff out and the space is open, I feel lighter. I feel that, calmer. No, there's more order. stuff that comes in the house every well, day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's your job. That's sorry. my job. <laughs> it's the outer outer order leads outer order leads to inner calm. Yeah, you said that, and it's really it's really true. And I think there's this constant. I feel in our house a, a, a constant need to get stuff. Out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Say, what you do yes, is kidney really foundation. Come on by. Yes. Oh, thank God for the kidney foundation. <laughs> yeah. yes. And you know what? That's that's something that people don't realize can make such a huge difference. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone's heard about Ukraine and, and what's happened with with their the poor people and, and how many people are coming to Canada and um, we hear it because one of our um, son's best friends are Ukrainian. They've brought in. They've taken in a Ukrainian, um, um, well, he's an adult, but um, a young adult into their house and, and, and taking care of them there. Um, but you just, they, they donating some things like we, we changed, we got rid of one of our beds. Well, instead of throwing it out or even selling it, just giving it to a yeah. charity like that, yeah. which desperately need these things, yeah. right? A bed, yeah. that's something that we just take for granted that, oh, I'll just go buy a new bed, right? I need a new bed, I'll buy a new bed. Well, they don't have that opportunity. And, and now there's joy in that mm -hmm. item again. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, there's joy that someone is going to use it. Yeah. And it's a funny little cycle. Yes, yes. Someone that needs it, really needs it. Not yeah. just, not just. oh, well, I'm going to get it. It's they really need it. And otherwise, they're sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, things like that. Like, uh, that's, what, that's what makes your job so great is you even see people come by and they'll say, I've been looking forever for one of for these. For one of these, yes. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. some obscure thing, like some old electronic piece mm -hmm. or, you know. I had, one, I had somebody buy it in a, an old typewriter one time. And he said, I've been wanting to write a book, but I can't write on my computer because e email is always just right there. Mm. The internet is right there. Whereas I can shut that off and just type on the typewriter. And then I can concentrate on the typing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 What's, what are some of the most amazing, obscure things that you've come across and sold? What is, what is your top, like, three items to have passed through your hands? I've sold, I sold a whole box of trophies from 1980s bowling tournament. Sold. Sold them. Guess <laughs> who, what? Who bought them? Someone trying to change their image? <laughs> no, somebody who was doing, organizing a family reunion. Oh, okay. So they were having, they were going to put new tags the on them. Oh, you know, best sandwich maker. I don't even know what they were giving them. But they were giving out these, these... Uh, funny, funny prizes. Funny prizes, yeah. yes, yes. I also sold a $2,000 um, professional espresso machine, like coffee espresso machine, mm. because um, one of our friends, her husband had a little ADD problem and he would go and oh guess what I bought a motorhome today guess what I bought a bakery today and and so he tried to run this bakery and then he actually bought a bakery he bought well, a bakery yeah, yeah he just yeah. he and bought his house before without my friend seeing it yeah I said I bought us a house sounds like my um, mom <laughs> not mom 
but my mom. So he had this. When you bought that house. <laughs> so yeah. he, he had this bakery, and then he tried to make a go of it, and obviously he couldn't because. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything about money. He's not a baker. So he was closing it down, and it had this professional espresso, like this huge, giant coffee machine. So I sold that for him. I've sold... Which, by the way, as a side story, um, it speaks to um, how, how, how much of a problem ADHD really is. Yeah. And the fact that there are treatments, because he has now started getting treatment, and that's been... Because I mean, well, world I changing think it and, control. and it's because people all, people all, yeah. there's, oh, yeah. it's, it's one of those diagnoses that is, is frowned on, right? Or like, like, I mean, um, look poorly on mm -hmm. and, but it can make a world difference in, in the person's life no, funny, and the damage would, it can cause I, I in their would, life when they're not controlled. Oh, hundred percent. But yeah. I would actually argue the other side is that like, it's a prolific diagnosis at the moment. I, I, I wouldn't say that people, I, I, it's being diagnosed. Overdiagnosed? Yeah, I would. See, I don't agree. Well, okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> maybe not in all the cases. I it's was being told diagnosed, by one of our pediatricians that you know be. the the incidence is approximately four percent um, in the community, and I can tell you from children that come across my triage desk for young boys in an active stage of their life, much more than four percent are on medications. However, we also have someone very close to us who has been on medication and have had fantastic results. My, my, I, I agree with it. I think the problem is that there's improper education of our healthcare professionals about how to properly diagnose ADHD. So I think it's being underdiagnosed because there are a lot of ADHD patients out there that aren't being treated, but you're right, there's a lot of people being treated for ADHD that aren't actually ADHD. A lot of young boys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're, they're, they're assuming though they're ADHD because they, they feel that they can't control them or they can't they don't yeah, know how to deal yeah, with them. Yeah. So yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. It's but just it's it a misunderstanding you, the proper treatment. Fantastic. But that's a whole other episode. That's a whole, whole other thing. thing. Another whole another um, crazy thing that I sold was a what was the name of that thing? Euphonium. Uh, euphonium. Four valve euphonium. Four valve euphonium. <laughs> oh, okay. That I got from a I have a relationship with three or four different junk guys. So the guy that you call and you say, Oh, I've got all this garbage, can you take it away? So they take it away and then they give you the good stuff. Things that sell. are still functional, nice. right? So, so I got this euphonium from the junk guy, and Ted looked, or Godfather looked at it, and he cleaned it up, and he tried it out, and he's like, it seems to be fine. So What's it's euphonium? It's, a, it's like a baritone. Like you know, a like a tuba? tuba? Oh. It's, it's a step yeah. down from a tuba. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the one that bit. goes like that, yeah, the, yeah, and it's above. It was, but it's four valves, so it's, it's very unique. Yeah. Oh. It was yeah. gigantic. What do they normally have? Three. Gigantic brass oh. instrument. So the best part is the story of the guy who came to get it. Yeah. You can tell it. Okay, so um, Charlene, uh, sorry, Kijiji lady got the... Uh, you know, first names are person's okay, right? coming. You, yeah. you don't mind your first name being out there, do you? Kijiji lady, that's all right? That's fine. First, the person's coming yeah. to pick it up, and um, he shows up, and he tests it out, he can play, and he just checks the valve. I said, you know what? I said, I don't play. It seems to work, but I said, again, I don't play. Um, I cleaned it up and everything. Like, it was in great shape. It was just needed, you know, polishing and the like. So he's like, nope, this is great. It's going to probably have to have a little bit of this and that done. But he goes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Turns out this guy drove from Regina to Edmonton in through a winter storm oh my God. to buy this euphonium, stayed overnight, and then drove home the next day. It was worth it to him. The deal he got, he felt, was worth it for all the gas, the hotel stay, 
and what he paid for the euphonium. Is it just you can't find these things? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and and I mean, yeah. it, it's the, you're, these are it's not retail, right? So you're not charging retail prices. You're charging a fair what would that, price. To, what would that new? Well, that's, oh, probably. I think it was like new, wasn't it? A couple thousand dollars. Yeah, and brand I, new was about two thousand. I think right? I sold it for six hundred. I think, yeah. Right. So, okay. So yeah, yeah. It was a decent. So he got a great deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he mm-hmm. got a great deal, and he, he might have to might have had to get some work done on it. But there's now room, money room to get it worked on. But I thought it was amazing. The guy spent at least two, three hundred bucks just to come and get it, right? By the time you pay for a hotel room, gas, all your meals, everything, jeez. And I, I was just glad that he was so happy. Like he was so he thrilled. Was so happy. <laughs> so he was thrilled. Just like a euphoria. Even texted you afterwards. Yeah. Messaged yeah. you yeah. afterwards yeah. about yeah. how Euphonium. happy he was. Yeah. Yeah. Euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Euphonium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, of the finds that you've had, my favorite <laughs> is oh, yeah. the uh, the Chibson. I don't know if that's the, racist yes. to yeah. call it that. Chib- Can I call it Chibson. Chibson. C H I B S O N. The Chibson. Yes. Because it's a Gibson, but made in China. Yep. No, no it's, it's a knockoff. A fake. It's a knockoff. It's a knockoff, it's a knockoff made in China Gibson. Gibson. Yep. And uh, guitar. Oh my God, it is something else. Yeah. The inlays. Oh my. It's it, it looks pretty legit. Fibson. Fibson. Yes. Yes. No, Chibson's a common. Copper vase. Okay. I just didn't know if I was just like. That's our best. No, it's it's what they call them. Copper vase. I've gotten lots of copper vases that that you've bought. Mm. Love copper. Yeah. Yeah. Raises great pleasure. It's always it's always interesting what comes comes in the front door. I I laughed when one of her clients had a whole bunch of guitar amps, and she was selling guitar amp after guitar amp. And there was one guitar amp. It was a Fender Hot Rod. Because her you'd... husband was an online shopaholic and mm-hmm. left her with all his stuff. Debt. St- stuff and debt. No, he, he just... just walked out and left oh, okay. her all the stuff and the debt. He walks out on a divorce and leaves her amps. Who is this guy? There was so much. There was... There, there's no way he could have taken oh, everything. There was tons. There so was anyways, tons. This, this, this amp is beautiful. It's a beautiful tube amp. The sound was incredible. And so I, I do a lot of the research of pricing and, and that on, on things like this. And... So I, I can't remember what I told you to sell it for, but I said, this price is cut off. Can't sell it for less. Can't negotiate beyond this. And so people are coming by, and it's taking... Normally things move on a little faster. I think this was like six months. It was quite a while. Yeah, it was about six months. And finally, like, by this point, like five, six people have come by to look at it, and they're wanting it less, and Char's not budging because I won't let her. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, we got another guy coming. And I finally just said, okay, if this guy doesn't buy it, I'm buying it. Because I wanted it. Every time they pulled it out, I'd play on it. It was just amazing. And the son of a bitch bought it that time. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. So I missed Snooze out on it. you lose, man. Yeah. 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 So we have kept a few things. Like we've kept a couple amps, a couple bookshelves, a desk. We bought two. them. We bought them, yeah. yes. At, but yes. At fair prices. At fair prices. <laughs> didn't just yes. skim that off no, the top. This is worth them. a dollar. No, Got to be clear no, about it. We no. bought them. We bought them, yes. <laughs> but people ask me that all the time. Oh, isn't it? Aren't you tempted to take stuff? Well, not really, yeah. because I know there's another coffee table that I'm going to pick up next week. I'm not. If yeah. I don't, if I take this one and then I realize in two months that really I don't like it, and another one comes that I like better, well then I'll just switch them out. Like I'm not really. So in your biz, you got to have that discretion. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also in, in your too biz. easy to yes. collect in, a whole bunch of junk. Exactly. Yes. Because yeah. I know that it's very tempting to just pile up and pile up, and then it's like, oh, this. It's is also too your much. satisfaction with what you got. Though. Yes. Yes. You can't. Do, I don't think you can do this job if you're not satisfied with what you got. Yes. yes. Because you'd Back constantly see other things. And be, I need to get that too then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Back to contentment. Back to contentment. 
And I guess with the hour closing in, we just hit the hour mark. I guess we should uh, be content with what we got. Call it a day and enjoy some time with our family before they all pass out. Ooh, that was a good segue. And uh, yeah, just play that uh, segue change sound that kind of signifies that we're out. This is the end. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Mom, once again. Uh, Kijiji Lady <laughs> and the Godfather. This has been the uh, Prophet Esau here on the Hello Calgary podcast. And Edmonton. Signing out. <laughs>